There's no music if you have no body to play it with, so take care of your body first. You getting into the gym and you lifting weights and working on muscles, is it's physical therapy for the benefit of your playing. The truth is nothing works like just taking care of the simple stuff. Diet, exercise and sleep. Take care of that and you'll be fine. Join us as two musicians and fitness coaches discuss strength, wellness and fitness in relation to musicians, artists and performance. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Tuned and Strong podcast. I am Dr. Jen Cavis of Tuned and Tone Performance, joined as always by my lovely co-host. <laughs> I am Angela McHouston of Music Strong. And today we're going to be talking about, um, I know we've been talking about a lot of various um, issues that people commonly go through but don't want to talk about or don't feel like they can talk about or variety of other things. Um, so we've been doing that the last couple times, starting with um, my competition experiences and going into um, Roy's background. I can't remember his last name at the moment. AG. Um, AG. Okay. It is how it looks. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I can see it, but I can't. Okay. Um, so we've been going through that and um, we wanted to talk about another one that um, I know is common in sport. I think it's actually more common than is discussed in music as well. Um, mm -hmm. And that is um, eating disorders. Um, now I, I know I see stuff um, when I'm on campus <laughs> um, plastered all over the ladies room walls, um, including in the college of music, which to me says that it's certainly potentially less, I think probably less common than, or less uncommon than we think. Um, all sorts of studies on that. <laughs> hey, do you want to participate in this eating disorders? Everywhere. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, okay. Curious if it's in the men's rooms too, but I haven't been in there. So. <laughs> it should be. It should be. It's not like it's not, it, it's not gender specific. So no, no. And I think um, too, I know when we think um, eating disorder, I'm just going to put this out there up front. When we think eating disorder, we think, you know, like, anorexia, bulimia, whatever, we don't often talk about, um, there's, there's multiple sides to that. It's not just deprivation or binging or like the overeating can be part of it too. Um, various substance consumptions can be part of it too. So yes, yeah. <laughs> just to put that out there. Addictive um, and compulsory behavior. Yeah, yes. I mean, it, it can really run the gamut, and especially like if, when 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 you're trying to cope with something that mm -hmm. you don't know how to cope with, or you feel like you can't. And I know, at least in my situation, um, what happened to me was that I and I remember. Um, by the way, Levi's about to jump on my lap here. There he is. Yep. <laughs> If you've got video, just uh, that man is here to join us, right? Okay, so speaking of eating disorders, he is my chonkers. Um, <laughs> uh, I remember you know going through, um, when I was going through it, I remember just like screaming out at my apartment at the thin air, being like, Why am I doing this? I don't want to be doing this. Why, why is this happening? What, how do I make it stop? What's going on? And it wasn't, it's like, when's it, what's it? And, and mine, mine was binge eating disorder, um, which I didn't even know was a thing until I had it. 
But I remember just like, I couldn't stop no matter what. I couldn't stop until I, until I just, you know, it, but I remember, I remember yelling out at the, at my living room and crying and screaming like, why can I not stop this? It's because I didn't know, but it's, it's kind of difficult to put into words, but my situation was such that I couldn't, I felt trapped. I felt captive, literally trapped in my own home, trapped in this city that I didn't want to be trapped in my a profession. I wasn't allowed to have. And just, I felt like I had no freedom. And that lack of freedom came out as a binge because it was like a rev, like revolt kind of against that. And as I was going through, um, uh, I went through some counseling after the fact when I moved back up here and I wasn't, I wasn't divorced yet, but I went through counseling and the counselor who helped me, she was really great with EMDR and everything. But um, one of the things she said, this really stuck with me because it was true is that a lot of times metaphors manifest as physical symptoms in the body, mm-hmm. which I told her, I feel like I don't have a voice in this marriage. Guess what happened? I flew back to Florida to confront my, well, no, I went for like a symphony concert, but I went to confront my ex and I lost my voice for like three days. You, you can't, you can't make that stuff up. And I couldn't figure out why. And then I went back and she said, she said that. And I went, Oh gosh, I gotta watch the words come out of my mouth. If that's what's going to happen. But I mean, that was a, that was like a big tangent, but it, it really can, can stem from feeling like you have a lack of control over some aspect of your life, even if you don't know that that's what it is. Mm-hmm. At least for me, it was. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think for a lot of people, that's the case. Um, I, I would not say that I necessarily had um, the same degree of problems that you did. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly, certainly not the, um, the marriage issue, not, that's, that's no, a no, no. crazy um, but in, in terms of since we're talking about eating disorders today um i have been on the very mild side of both ends. yeah um, the too much the too little um and um yeah for for me um when i was at my absolute thinnest um, and i did a post on this a couple months back um mm-hmm. when i was at my absolute thinnest i was i was pretty thin you know i still had just enough, um, healthy fat on my body that I'm hoping I didn't damage my organs. <laughs> um, but at, at my thinnest, um, that was when I was also going through the height of my injury. Um, I was on some meds that, um, my doctor put me on them for my injury. Um, and they did not have all of the side effects written. And mind you, I'm one of those nerds who I read the pamphlet. You mm-hmm. give me the, I'm reading the pamphlet, you know, sure. didn't have all of them lifted, listed. Yeah. And so I thought some of those side effects were my fault. Something just wrong with me. Cause I didn't know it was side effects from the meds that my GP put me on. By the way, there's a reason I got rid of her. She was the one who couldn't diagnose me for years. And I take one x-ray to my chiropractor and he diagnoses me within 30 seconds. We start actually working on a fix. Yeah. I'm glad you fired her. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Got rid of her so fast. Um, <laughs> like, we're done. Bye. Um, but 
anyway, so I was having a hard time getting to school. I like my, everything was all messed up. And the one thing that I did feel I had control over was my weight mm. because, Oh, I just eat like this and then I'm skinny. And then like, I had a whole chip on my shoulder about it too, because everything else was going so poorly that I think that was the only way I could cope with it was kind of like, I was, I was judgmental. I'm not gonna lie. I was a little bit judgmental about other, you know, <laughs> people who annoyed me, not, not people who were nice, not people who were just, you know, dealing with their own, but if they were mean, I would use our weight difference to judge them mm-hmm. only if they were um, But the funny thing about that is I started down that weight loss path. Um, I was supporting a friend and I wanted to feel better, but it spiraled so badly out of control. The thing where it's like, well, I don't eat that. And I don't do that. And like, you know, um, and it seems like, it's it's weird to talk about this, isn't it? <laughs> it, seems like, it seems like you're whining about nothing, but then we're coming back around to like, yeah, but yeah, I, I was having to miss school. I was questioning whether or not I'd be able, not just by myself, I was questioning myself left and right. Am I going to be able to survive in this field? Am I going to be like both physically and in terms of playing and physically in terms of like, well, I'm tired all the time and I have no energy and I'm dizzy all the time and Um, but when you're going through all that and that's like the one thing and and it went the other way for me too with, um, I guess when I couldn't, didn't feel like I could control my body, that's when I like clamped down on the, well, I'm going to control it in the losing too much weight side of things. And I did, I needed some muscle real bad. (laughs) I needed some muscle so badly. I look back, I'm like, oh, that didn't help me at all. Oh, that did not help me one bit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh no! Um, you know, you know that I, I get that. I don't want to interrupt your story. Um, no. My, it wasn't just kind of rooted in that, but mm-hmm. um, when I, <laughs> this sounds funny. Like I'm just gonna blame my ex-husband for everything, but honestly, the, he was the cause of some a, a large part of it so to do a little backstory here this is it's really um it, it's kind of interesting but it's it's like when I first met him I was in graduate school and I had always loved fitness you know I'd gotten into working out an awful lot um all that kind of stuff and then I met him and just just for just for reference he looks like Mark Wahlberg, or he did look like Mark Wahlberg. Um, he was crazy good shape. And I was just like, oh my gosh, who's this guy? You know, and I didn't know, but he was extremely, he, um, he had narcissistic personality disorder, which I know narcissism get thrown around a lot. Narcissism and NPD are very different. NPD is indicative of sociopaths. They completely lack empathy. They don't um, they don't understand love. Basically he did all the right things to get me where he wanted and then knocked me off the pedestal. Right. Um, it's what they do, but he also had schizophrenia. So too, a lot of fun there, but I didn't, that didn't, that, that didn't come out until later. And that's another part of the story, but the whole thing with NPD, the yeah. thing is when I met him, I was really into fitness and stuff. And so was he. And I thought, oh, we're just the, like, we were called the power couple, you know, cause it was just, 
And I thought so too. I thought all my dreams are coming true. We, we love fitness together. We have all these things. And he was very all or nothing, extremely. And after we got married, I saw that because he ballooned up. He was like 170 when we met. He ballooned up to 300 pounds and then lost 100 pounds. I mean, he would just, there or there. There was no middle ground. Either he was eating nothing but egg whites and chicken or and blueberries, or he was eating an entire DiGiorno's pizza every day plus wings. I mean, just super, it was very odd. So when he met me, I told him my fitness goals. He was very much so like, oh, I think you can do it. I see you as this, I see you as that. And I was like, really? Oh, so, I mean, I just kind of grew into the best version of myself. And that's the positive part of this is I really grew into, it, it took someone telling me that for me to go, you know, yeah, okay. And so I started meeting all those goals and then we got engaged and he put the idea in my head for, for reference, I'm somewhere in Patrick. He put the idea in my head that I could be 120 pounds by my wedding day. And I was like, he goes, I think you could be 120. I went, Oh, okay. Don't ask me where 120 came from. I think it came from him. My wedding day, I was 120.4. Um, I was very small. And I look back now and I was working out a lot of the time. I have definitely more muscle now than I did then. I was just thin, you know, do I miss wearing some of those clothes and how I felt? Yeah. But it was a full-time job counting calories. It turned into an obsession. I had to eat six times a day. If I ran out and it'd been over three hours, I started freaking out. I had to have my cooler with me at all times. I had to, had to, had to, had to, had to. There was no freedom in my life. And then that with, with him, that turned into no freedom. I wasn't allowed to move. I wasn't allowed to start my business. Uh, I wasn't allowed to do anything. We, we wouldn't leave. I hated where I lived and I couldn't have a career. So I didn't have any freedom there either. So you can see how it kind of it manifested as, well, we're just going to, like, you don't have freedom over your food. You don't have freedom over your life. Hmm. Well, food's the easiest thing to change right now. So let's shovel it in. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happened. Yeah. And I went from 120 to 160. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. It was it happens. Yeah. so fast. So fast. And especially if you've gone from um, obsessively eating, which is... And and please continue on. It's like, you're just like, you know, th this part of why when we did our healthy habits series, when we were talking about the eating, this is why we're talking about making the small changes. And especially if you know you have an obsessive personality or tendencies in that direction, which quite frankly, as musicians, uh, I think we all do. I'm going to put it out there. I do. I do. That's that's what happened to me multiple times. And that's why I'm so careful when I try to change anything with my eating. Mm. <laughs> you know? yeah. I'm, I'm reporting to somebody what I'm doing. I, I don't know that we've talked about this, Angela, but I, I report to somebody at all times. I have somebody who knows what I'm doing. Um, because if I don't, I get in trouble fast. I will be obsessive one way or the other. Oh. And then I'm in trouble. <laughs> you're, not just talking about your, you're not just talking about food. You're talking about with everything, right? Um, I'm specifically talking about with food right now. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Like I, uh, straight up, I cut weights intentionally for my wedding. Very intentionally. I knew what I was doing was not sustainable. So first off, number one thing I said to myself, this is not sustainable. Okay. Um, I told 
my now husband told him what I was doing and how much I was eating because I'm tracking it. I'm like, if I'm tracking it, I'm going to get obsessive. Now the tracking it for me, the bonus to that is that once I start getting obsessive, I have a tendency to go too far mm-hmm. and not eat enough. And that's where I really get into trouble. Yeah. So that at least the tracking helps me from doing too little, but trying to find where I need to be was tough. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's what I'm talking about was like, okay, well, if I'm going to do this thing that I know I can go too far on very easily, there's a set day where that stops. And, um, I knew there was going to be blowback. There was blowback. I put weight back on everybody. Can, it's on the camera. You know, like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not mad about it. I'm just saying, you know, it's there. It's obvious. Um, I knew that was going to happen, but that's part of why I was talking to, and I, I told my, again, now husband, because I trusted him to call me on it. If I kept up with it after we got back, mm-hmm. you know, um, but yeah, that's, that's why when we're talking about, if you're listening, when we're talking about changing your habits and especially when it comes to eating um, or really anything major lifestyle, like if you're sedentary and you want to start lifting, small sustainable changes. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. I, we're so obsessive, man. <laughs> yeah. I can't be everything. I get it, you know? <laughs> so, so y'all know I've, I've brought it up at some point. I did this, um, I did a figure competition and back in the day, this was in, uh, 2008. So I'd been married for a year. Um, I was maintaining that 120 to 125 range and feeling really good about it. I also had no job, no life, nothing to do. I had nothing to do, but work out. I had no friends. I didn't know I was in a new city. I had nothing else to do. So literally I would buy groceries and I would work out. (laughs) How was it? You know, um, real fun life. But I, I, I also realized that it was kind of nice to take a break because I had just graduated from graduate school. I was done, so done with school. And I'm like, I am not a student anymore. I'm just going to go be a wife mm-hmm. Let him make the decisions. I'm just going to be a wife. I'm going to take care of the house and I'm going to play mommy homemaker. You know, and that's all I'm going to do. Just chill. That lasted about two weeks after the honeymoon. And I was like, and I am bored. Right. So I thought, okay, that's where I, I really went into fitness and I got a little obsessive about fitness too, a little bit, because I thought oh, I got nothing else to do. Um, I'm going to take a break from music. I love music, but I don't have to be as, you know, crazy as I was because I I graduated. I have this piece of paper now. Okay. I want to, I'm going to, I literally thought to myself, I'm going to throw myself into fitness and see what I can do. And that's exactly what I did. And I thought I'm going to go, I'm going to do this competition. And I hired this guru who trained a bunch of people for uh, the, the Olympia. Um, that's back when I kept up with everything. Okay. And he, he, he offered diet and uh, training plans and they were cheap compared to, you know, what I charge now, whatever he was and what other people charge. And so I thought I can afford that. There was no movement assessment. There was no video. There was no nothing. And he gave me a cookie cut. So I got cat hair in my eye. There was a, there was a, cookie cutter diet. I ate nothing but fish and asparagus, no fat, no carbs, um, worked out twice a day. Like I lifted six days a week and did cardio twice a day. It was insane. And so after, and I, I only did that for six weeks and I dropped to 114. And, you know, as a five foot small person, um, that's not unhealthy weight. Um, and if you look at those pictures, I'm one of the bigger girls on stage. I placed next to last, I think. 
which is crazy because you look at the pictures of me by myself and I look freaking amazing. <laughs> and I also knew it wasn't sustainable. And the next day I had no plan on how to get out of that. Yeah. No plan whatsoever. And I had right. only been told, you cannot have cereal. You cannot have ice cream. You cannot have caffeine. You cannot have juice or fruit or anything unless it's on this plane. And uh, so the next day, the competition's over. Of course, I look better the next day because I had a cheat meal, right? Yeah. Of course. So I filled out. I looked way better. But then the next day, I remember waking up and be like, I can have whatever I want. Yep. And that's where the binging started. That's where it yep. started. So I did it. And then it started this unhealthy habit. And I say that that's where the binging started. But it went all the way. That was 2008, August of 2008. And then it went through... Um, 2009, 10, something like that. But it started there because I had, I had a bowl of cereal and I had two helpings. I took, put two different types of cereal and I added stuff. And then I started buying like flavored peanut butters, which I got obsessed with. And I would just eat it by the spoonful. And then I, I just, and so it developed into, oh no, I can't do this because the weight started right. to creep on. But then it was like, I can have this. Of course you can, but this is the result. Yeah. And then I went obsessive in the other direction. So there was this bounce back and forth between, I want to get back to 120, 120, 120, 120. I gained, I went up for like 114, 135, and then 145. I mean, it was just awful. Yeah. My hormones were all out of whack. That's where my thyroid quit. My thyroid quit in 2009. Um, and I do mean quit. So y'all don't tell me I just need a little bump. Nope, it's gone. It died. Um, <laughs> You know, I mean, it all kind of, they feed into each other. It's, it's, yeah. so it's not just my ex-husband. I mean, there's, there's other right. things, but right. what was I, what was that reason behind it? Because I'm somebody who has to have a plan. Mm -hmm. I have to have, I don't have to have a plan on vacation. That's not what I mean. But like, yeah. I like to have, if I'm going to work out, I got to know what I'm doing. I don't like to make it up. So mm -hmm. when it comes to eating like that way, I want it. I've always been a good student. I like the teacher to tell me what to do. And then suddenly I was on my own and I didn't know yeah. what to do. I didn't have any rules to go by. Right. That's, that's where it came out of for me is just like total rebellion against that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, rebellion against that rebellion against your situation, rebellion against, um, Oh man, not being in school for the first time messed with me. <laughs> Um, if you have not gone through that before yet, like, and I thought, I thought maybe I had, um, to some degree because, and I didn't think this for very long. Don't get me wrong. I, I was well aware. Um, but you know, I had a break between my master's and my doctorate, um, to get residency and all that, but the, the school was still like, Oh, but it's happening. You know, but it's not the same thing as when I got done with the doctorate and it was like, you know what, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there were some good things that came out of it, but there, there was also that like, wait, there are, there, there are no rules. There's, there's nothing saying that I have to practice. There's nothing saying, saying that I have to practice um, specific things. There's nothing, you know, and like, oh, but now I don't have anybody else to fall back on either. And, 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 and that's where it was very, yep. it should have been stressful. It was a little stressful. It should have been a lot more stressful than it was. But at the time I was just like, <laughs> figure it out you know what I'm gonna figure yeah. a lot of things out <laughs> I'll figure it out so yeah exactly I'll figure it out you know but um shoot what was I talking about before that mm -hmm. I'm talking about oh yeah the rebellion against all the rules rebellion against everything you're going through but also um when you 
if you're listening to this and somebody tells you to eat nothing but tilapia and asparagus, that's a problem. That was me. That is, and especially if you're also supposed to be doing any sort of physical activity, that's a problem because your body is now depleting so many stores. And to say that you're going to help with figure, figure competitions are in line with bodybuilding again, in case you, you don't know, and bodybuilding, as we've said a million times over to sport. They sport. Um, <laughs> so there's, there's a guy I like, um, John Meadows. That's you know? uh-uh. Yeah. He, Mountain dog. Um, he was multi-time Olympia uh, competitor. Okay. And I, I like that. He talks about what it means that he never won in a positive way. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he is an amazing resource. I really like his stuff. I really like his approach and he just seems like a cool dude. Like I would love to sit down and just chat with him. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. But, but one of the things that I appreciated was he does these, you know, his stuff is all over YouTube, by the way, and he doesn't charge a penny for it. Um, if you want him to coach you, he does, but it's all personalized. Right. 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 Um, but one of the things he talks about is what, what those like Olympia level bodybuilding competitors have to do to cut down their weight that much and how much trouble they get in if they don't know how to get off of that correctly. Mm. And he, he bring he, again, one of the reasons that I like him, he admits that he is not a natural lifter. Aha. Uh-huh. Some mm-hmm. honesty. Mm-hmm. This was a part of why I like him. So, so when it comes he is assistant um or it was i don't know if he i don't know if he is anymore i doubt it um probably not you can't sustain that and he went through some physical traumas i don't think he's putting himself through that he's doing mostly coaching now um his people are doing well but he brings in natural competitors when he wants to talk about that stuff because he goes look that's not how i did this so i'm going to talk to somebody who does it naturally and we'll have that but again there's that here's the ways that you cut to look like this specifically and here's how you get out of that is if you do it wrong you're gonna mess yourself up (laughs) an exit plan would have been nice but no i i went through a really nasty rebound really nasty yeah yeah Mm. yeah so that's not sustainable and your body's just like you know what let's just deplete everything yeah, and then we're going to hold on to everything. And now we're going to, you can have sugar and fat and carbs and things that you haven't had in months. Yeah. yeah. And I know some of these, some of these competitors do, um, no, we're getting off on a tangent here, but some of these competitors, they compete, uh, the prep takes like half a year, yeah. you know, they have yeah. an off season only maybe six, eight months. The mm-hmm. cut time is like 16 weeks, 20 weeks. And, and nice. I not, it, it's insane. Then again, if you're doing this for a job, if you're like a sponsored pro athlete, and that's why we say you're an athlete because they are, it is a full-time job to be that type of person. Don't worry about being there. But they, you know, they they don't have to diet that long, usually, because they're usually staying closer to that weight, so they have as much to cut. Then again, the longer you do it, the harder that is to maintain. It's just Mm -hmm. not realistic. And therefore, look at retired bodybuilders. It's about to say that. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there there are some amazing ones out there um, who are still like the the ones who made it into um, the, the older ages. <laughs> they, they're the, the ones that like the masters ones. Yeah, they are amazing, um, and mm-hmm. a lot of those will translate over into um, 
it's become more and more common, uh, strong man or powerlifting. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple who have tried that will leave my opinions on the floor. <laughs> but a lot of the older guys who have managed to successfully transition, it's like, yeah, but I feel like they, because they're trying to go for the heavyweights because of strong man or powerlifting, they're not depriving themselves all the time. You can't, you can't yeah. do both. For, you can't it's certainly not forever no. you know <laughs> no. so um yeah this was, this was a little bit of a tangent but i think it's it's still applicable it is because this is the sort of stuff that i, I mean most of us are talking about eating whether it doesn't matter doesn't matter what field you're in people are talking about their diets yeah that's part of our culture um and the reason that we're applying this to musicians and health and fitness is because musicians have the more, some of the more obsessive personalities. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's not that weird to think like, Oh, well, so-and-so said she lost a bunch of weight on tilapia and asparagus. So I'm going to do that. And then like, yeah, and you lose a little bit of weight and then you blow back up and you like, by the way, I I hate asparagus. I hated it then. After that. Yeah. (laughs) Oh gosh, it got so bad. And it wasn't just tilapia. It was, it was mostly orange roughy or flounder or, you know, stuff like that. Not mahi, which doesn't make any sense. You know, it's like no scallops, no shrimp, no red meat, no beef, only chicken. So like my very first meal of the day was three ounces of chicken breast, uh, two egg whites and a quarter of a sweet potato, I think. And then the next day it was like a quarter cup of oats plus three, six almonds, something like this. Okay. And then as it went on, it changed to literally like, and it was like that six times a day. And I remember being told by another coach, um, I found that some of her, I hired actually a personal trainer slash nutrition person because I, I wanted to be told what to do. You know, as, as students, when you're in the music school and you do really well at this, you just like, it's nice to have that structure and be told what to do when you get out and don't know. And there was, there's so much, like, especially back then, I knew I was interested, but there's so much I didn't know. I knew how to pick up a weight and lift it. Sort of, mm-hmm. actually, no, I didn't because I got injured. But right. I didn't know, I didn't know Jack about, about uh, nutrition and I wanted someone to tell me what to do. But she prescribed, she prescribed, she, she was on this six meal a day thing. And I know now, like, I do much better with, like, a big dinner like mm-hmm. a snack and maybe lunch or maybe another snack. That's it. But she, mm-hmm. she was on the sixth meal of the day thing. She's like, I'm sorry. Just when you're small, you don't get to eat that much. Well, how about you give me bigger meals? And cause I remember yeah. telling her, telling her when this was all going down mm-hmm. and that's, and I had to fire her. Obviously I had to quit because she, I couldn't sustain anymore. And I remember writing her because it was, this was, this was when the day of online training was I'm going to email you a word document and, uh, you just email me back pictures every two weeks. Like, that's what it was, basically. Um, <laughs> I remember telling her, I just want to be full. I yeah. just want to be full. And she said, I'm sorry. I can't help you. Yeah. But it, I, I didn't realize how true it was until I said that. It wasn't, I didn't just physically wanted to be full. I wanted yeah. like emotionally and spiritually and mentally wanted to be full. I felt empty and lost. And I was mm-hmm. trying to fill it with food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How many of us can relate to that? Yeah. Or some other substance. There's, there's a reason that, um, come back to, come back to the full thing in a second. Um, 
we're talking about. Oh, real quick tangent. Um, if you're listening, if somebody tells you to eat six meals a day and you are a three meal or two meal a day person, eat your two or three meals a day and be happy with it. If somebody tells you to only eat two or three meals a day and you are a six meal a day person, eat your six meals and be happy about it. I'll tell you that right now. Like yep. my husband is a three meal a day person. Mm-hmm. He hates mm-hmm. snacking and it doesn't serve him well. It does right. not serve him well at all. I'm not a grazer either. Mm-mm. I am a constant grazer. I have my <laughs> first meal and then constant intervals of food until mm-hmm. dinner, which is smaller than my breakfast. And then a little after dinner snack. And then I go to bed. And it works great because I'm not like there's there is no risk for me crashing with my sugar like my I'm uh, I've got some hypoglycemia so mm-hmm. that's that's my deal and I never feel overfull or like gross because I can feel overfull one second but I'm still gonna need that snack in a minute. <laughs> yeah. Don't ask me don't ask me why and my mom's the same way and I think her dad was the same way too and I've got their that medical line like <laughs> so like yeah. you know. Um, and I'm not a grazer. I'm totally not. Yeah, no. And it's like you do you, boo boo. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. Like, Ryan, Ryan's my husband. He he tried to eat the way that I did because I was making progress in terms of like, well, I'm just going to do smaller and like, he could not function. I'm no. like, well, so, you're not me. It makes me too <laughs> effective. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know. That messes and, and with my head. Yeah, and there's there's so much nutrition advice out there. Like, oh, do this and you'll this and all this. You can try it. You can absolutely try it. But there's, absolutely. there's, if somebody is saying this is the end all way to eat, fire that person. Please do. They don't live in your body. The number of people I've had tell me what I should be eating with, whether or not they're considering um, the things that I have with my system specifically, mm-hmm. whether or not they know about them. Sometimes they know about them and they're like, oh, well, that means that none of them have been as right as my own work. Not one. Right? right. <laughs> yes. Not right. one. I tell you. So, um, that and the whole stoking the metabolic fire. You got to eat every two to three hours and your metabolic fire is going to go out. That's the biggest bunch of BS. It's so yeah. old. Anybody who tells you that, ask them where they got their information. I'll tell you what they're talking about real quick. And that's called TEF. This is a thermic effect of food. And that is what happens. That's why you get hot after a meal sometimes especially if it's a higher protein meal, you get hot. That's just your body using more energy to break down food. Okay. That's not stoking the metabolic fire. It's not, it goes up. Your metabolism might go up. Like like, if you're watching like nothing, like a tiny, tiny bit, but then it goes right back down. Okay. Mm -hmm. So your metabolic fire is not going to go out. You know, these stories of bodybuilders that wake up at 2 AM to drink protein shakes or don't get catabolic state, you know, so dumb guys the body's made to sleep you repair at night don't wake up right and like, i gotta chug my head like <sighs> no there's so much bs out there and thankfully like yeah. <laughs> the magazines have even gotten better about it i, I don't even read them anymore because there's so much nonsense uh, you say that you say that what they've got i think some <laughs> of them have gotten better some of them some of, some of them um but a lot of i mean a lot of the popular diets too it's like people follow them and they preach them like they're the gospel and uh, not that what they're doing shouldn't work but they don't understand how it's supposed to work and therefore they're they're missed like 
let's talk about keto because there's another one that's a really, really, really bad offender at this, but I don't want to get into it because the, the other one that I'm not going to mention is very political to get into. And if that doesn't tell you what that diet is, I don't know what will, but we'll talk about keto instead. So, so many people talk about keto like it's the gospel. Okay. Not as many as the political one, but we'll leave that alone. <laughs> but the thing about it is that if you know tier one, you only know just fats, no carbs. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you know tier two, you know that you have to carb cycle. Okay. That right there says that there's something else going on. You better know more about that if you're going to do it. Right. And Don't go you, into this line. If you just go into a straight keto and you expect to do it for the rest of your life and, and you're doing it with the like, oh, I don't understand why you would have to carb cycle, you're going to get in trouble. Carb cycling is really effective or can be really effective. Just like calorie cycling can be very effective. But do your research. Please don't do it, try it blind. Yeah. And a lot of what I see people do when they say, oh, well, I'm getting on keto, I'm keto, I'm keto, I'm keto. They are leaving micronutrients out of their diet. And I I see that actually a lot with um, not just keto people. I see it a lot with um, people who think that they're following, think that they're following a bodybuilding diet also. Um, Leave micronutrients. Oh, no, no, no. I'm just going to eat fats. Nothing but fats. Have you tried pairing it with a vegetable? Mm -hmm. I bet you're going to feel better. Fiber. You know, first off, fiber. Second off, I don't care if you're taking your one a day vitamin. I don't care if you're taking your one a day vitamin twice a day. The, the, the read up on vitamins and how they're absorbed because how they're absorbed food is so different. And even with the whole, and I have, I have a whole food. I'm in love with my vitamin. Don't get me wrong. I really am. It's wonderful. Um, And if they would sponsor me, I would, I would take it in a heartbeat because I love them. Who is it? We can reach Uh, out. I'll Oxy- tell you what, you tell me mine. Which one? Oxylent. O-X-Y-L-E-N-T. Oh, I I've never them. heard of that. Yeah, they're kind of a kind of a fringe company. I don't know. I love them though. Their stuff is so like I I didn't even consider it because of the expense. Right. It's not a cheap vitamin. It's not cheap, is it? No, but it's not the craziest, most expensive thing. It's a dollar a day. Uh, Two dollars because I do two kinds, but that's me and I'm lifting heavy all the time. Anyway, but yeah, that's not that much. That's less than I was paying for coffee in grad school. Like, you know? <laughs> um, so anyway, but mine is source of life in case anybody wonders this guy. Yeah. It's got and, food on the label. That's a clue. <laughs> well, but some of the bigger brands now are doing that because they yeah. figured out that that'll get people's attention. Mine's a, mine's a drink powder because it's easier nice. to absorb. Um, nice. I look into the formula. So, and, anyway, but anyway. there are good whole food vitamins out there. Mm-hmm. That being said, even taking the vitamin that I love so much is not the same as eating a vegetable with my breakfast. It's not the same. I know. Yeah. I said eating a vegetable with my breakfast. People look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> I feel, I feel better, but okay. So you take that out of like things like keto and the carbs. Well, then you're going to run into problems. And then you go with things like a lot of keto people now are using the sugar alcohols, artificial sweeteners, whatever you want to call them. Um, the body is a prediction machine. 
And what do you think is going to happen if you put into your body that is supposed to not be having supposed to not be having anything sweet? What do you think is going to happen if it tastes sweet? You think that's going to go well? Maybe it will. Maybe it'll change your prediction error though. And what does that mean long term for you? Maybe it won't do anything, but it's stuff to consider. And if you haven't looked into that, And even if you do all that, keto might not be right for you. I know some people that keto does not work for. <laughs> if you've never tried the whole high fat, low carb, or low carb, high fat, or, or dice have the same thing, you know what I mean? Like the opposite. Yeah. If you've not oh. tried that, give it a try for a couple of days. But my favorite is the if it fits your macros, I I F Y M. Mm-hmm. Not really a diet, but yeah. instead of like, you, you take your calories and I've got a blog post. I'll link this in the show notes. It's about how to basically eat for weight loss, no matter what it, it, it's, I suck at math. I do not math. Well at all. I can do this math and it's super easy, right? It tells you how to find out what your macros are for losing, maintaining, whatever. And then you just pick foods that make fit your macros. Right. So that's, that's my favorite. But if you're doing that, like try a higher fat day or a couple of days, see how you feel and then switch and go higher carb. Do you crash more? Do you feel better? Do you feel bloated on the other one? How do you feel? And it might take more just personal experience here. It might take more than a couple of days. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't respond well to carbs, um, but we're heavy, heavy, heavy diabetic family on both sides. So no, I don't respond well to carbs. I know this (laughs) medically. I'm not supposed to. Um, I do. I don't respond well to fats. You know, I don't have gallbladder anymore. So there's that. So that's you know, <laughs> medical stuff to consider. But even not responding well to carbs, um, when I switch to because I'm I'm very much I very limited carbs, and what I do is usually fresh whole foods for, like I'm not doing sugars, guys. I'm not. Um, <laughs> but it still even with that took me probably a week or two to become fully fat adapted for energy. Sure. It takes, yeah. I know this is getting away from eating disorders, but I have a really funny story. Yeah. Okay. So, this, and then we'll get back to the whole comment about being full because I want to, sure. I want to talk about these books real quick. Um, yeah, yeah. Funny story. So I was back living in Florida. For anybody who doesn't know, I, I actually, Jen's in Tallahassee and that's where I, I, I went to Florida state for my master's too. So I was living there met my now ex-husband there moved to Panama city for five years, not Panama city beach. They're two different places in case you don't know. So yeah. I was living in Panama City. I got my first bike, my only bike, um, like road bike, right? So I started getting into cycling and, you know, crazy. It's weird to think I did 50 miles down there and I came up here and died at like 10. I couldn't do it. But hills, hills and wind are not the same. So anyway, I am out riding my bike on 30A, I think. It, it's like if you do the whole thing, it's like 45 miles. Um, and so I was out riding one day. And I get close to Rosemary, like seaside or somewhere. And, you know, with the tourists there, they're not paying attention. And I'm, you know, yelling at somebody because they, you know, weren't paying attention. And this guy zips on a bike. He zips past me, right? And he he motions for me to get over. And I was like, who do you think you are? I have a right to be on this, whatever. And then he was trying to say, get on my wheel, draft off me, follow me. And I finally figured that out. And so we get through and he's all oh, those people are crazy. You know, he was from like Poland, I think. People are crazy. And I was like, I can't remember his name for life of me. He was a Polish uh former uh pro cyclist. That's awesome. And he's like, you come train with me. I'm like, oh, 
okay. He goes, we ride anytime. I do construction. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I would just call him. He's like, yes, we go ride. And so we were riding together and I tried to get, I had this huge list of adaptogens that he gave me. Um, this whole list, which is a whole nother story. This is Florida in the summer. It's like 90 million degrees, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we stop one day to like at some point to drink some water. He's not drinking any water, as far as I can tell. Nothing. <laughs> I'm like down and watching. It's crazy. Um, but his body had adapted to that, right? He also had no body fat on him at all. He was like old man strength we were talking about. He was like that wiry guy. Yeah, um, yeah super tan, no body fat. Just cool, like knew his stuff too. This is the funny thing. We're talking about fat adapted. This man embodied it. Here I am sucking down goose and water. And I, I'm trying to figure out what, you know, I knew that it would replenish my energy and get me through the last 20 miles, whatever. Right. He pulls off to the end, you know, he's not, do you want water? No, no water. I was like, okay. And then he drinks something. And I'm like, what is that? He goes, motor oil. <laughs> I feel like it was motor oil. He was literally drinking um, MCTs, literally in the 98 degree heat, not water, not, not mm -hmm. water. He was drinking oil. And he basically, he said, you could do the same thing. He looked at me and <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm not chubby, but I was, I'm squishier than he is. Right. He goes, <laughs> you know, I'm definitely squishier than this man. And he's like, you couldn't do it right now, but you could do it. You know, not right now. You need that right now. I'm like, okay. It was super nice. But I mean, you want to talk about fat adaptive? That's just how yeah. amazing the body can be to adapt to just about anything. And when you get to that stage, literally, he, he didn't have any fat on him. So his body, as he explained it, you know, his body yeah. is burning that fat for fuel. Right, right. And I watched it happen. He was, mm -hmm. he was a machine, motor oil. <laughs> fantastic. That's fantastic. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> 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 so, so back to the you told me to come back to that the, um when i told the trainer that i just wanted to be full right right and and i think that um yeah so this is this is like a hard oh. turn back to where we yeah. were guys like yeah. if you made it this far thank you for bearing with us you know we right. talked about so many it's a loaded things. topic it, it is and there's so much to unpack with it and especially it's like again we started with eating disorders and now we're talking about different types of eating because it they're so tied in and everybody has an opinion and it's hard to know what to do. Anyway, feeling full, hmm. hard left back into what we were talking about. Um, I think that is a lot of why we see, um, and it's, it's not talked about in necessarily these terms, but that's what's going on. Um, that is why we see so many of the, um, it's especially doctoral students. Um, more prevalent, I would say, not by much, not by much, marginally more prevalent in women than men. But most doctoral students, if you watch them, will balloon up big mm. time in music. I mean, big time. Um, I was definitely on that train. Um, I was definitely on that train. Not everyone, not everyone. Some people go the opposite direction. Some people are fine. But I think that's a lot of what's going on is like you have so many things that you're trying to juggle and so many question marks up in the air like okay well at this point a lot of people have a personal life um you definitely have a day job by then if you're not a ta which counts as a day job yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, i think also freshman 15 same thing you get, oh, yeah. your yeah, structure yeah. is gone right 
yeah, you're trying to adapt to a new situation that you don't know how to handle. And side note, if you are a freshman, you're probably dealing with the, I don't know how to, I don't know how to handle this. Um, all of a sudden, everything I thought I knew was gone, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I know a lot, of my, a lot of my first year was just trying to figure out how to practice, which is nuts. So I was spending hours in the practice room. So why couldn't I figure out how, because how, how was the problem? How? Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I know that for me too, part of it, I think now that you're saying that part of it, yeah, I would say that that's part of how I felt as a doctoral student. Again, by the way, um, it was 30 pounds in my master's and another 50 in my doctorate. You gained 50 pounds? In my doctorate. Yes, I did. In the first oh two my years. gosh. 50. Five, zero. Wow. That's an, that's an estimate. I think it's a fair estimate, but I wouldn't step on a scale with my top weight. I wouldn't well, I do it. Uh-uh. So there's, there's so many emotions that go with that too. Shame, yeah. frustration. Yeah, I, yep. you know? I couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle the sizing on my pants. Um, oh my I, was in about, I was in denial about the size of my clothes for a long time. Mm-hmm. And once I finally realized because, you know, I was so focused on everything else and I was just like, okay, well, I know I'm putting on a little, I know I'm putting on a little. Once I finally realized how bad it was, I was like, okay, we're going to go buy some fat girl clothes. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I know. Been there. Been there. I know. I go back to my competition clothes. Not, not, not my competition clothes, but like my, um, yeah. my, the, the clothes era. I was wearing. I got down to a size zero. That's nice. I don't even think my hip bones made it that small. I mean, no, but I mean, I only wore those for like, no. So I've got a brand new pair of jeans. So I only wore them twice before I ballooned up and couldn't wear them. And they're cute and they felt so good. And they fit. I liked how I looked. I really liked how that right. felt. But you right. know, I go back and I look at those and they're so small. I'm like, how, yeah. I, how was my butt uh-huh. ever that small? Uh-huh. So here's a question <laughs> for you. Did you like how they looked or did you like how they felt? both actually okay yeah okay like i said only wore them twice right right yeah. and, and i i asked that because like i know i liked the way i felt about myself back when i was super super skinny but i certainly didn't like looking back at it i'm like oh i needed some muscle like, you know? yeah <laughs> and i, I know I, I didn't like the way i looked at the time either i was still not okay Right. And that's what's crazy is while all this was going on for this training, for this competition, I was working out every day and doing all this cardio. I should have had muscles coming out of my ears. I wasn't eating enough to sustain it. I mean, it was all protein. I don't think I lost much, but at the same time, you know, I also blew out my thyroid early. Yeah. The body also has to eat something. It has to consume something, you know, in order to give you the energy to do all this. (laughs) So I have some books I want to share because as I, we were talking like right before we got into this, I said, is it bad that I don't really remember how I got out of this? And she said, no, no. So I've got these, I've got a huge pile right here. Okay. So what happened was that I was looking for anything that would just really talk about it. Cause I was in counseling and um, I was in counseling and the counselor wasn't really helping. I, I think, I actually got out of it myself. So one of, the, one of the first books, and this was like a really popular one for a while. Um, oh shoot, I just took a thing out here. Anyway, um, this book was like real popular for a while. It's called French Women Don't Get Fat. 
<laughs> and if you haven't read it, it I know that face is really funny. But it's the whole point is that this woman is French and how she gained all kinds of weight. And then she went to the doctor and the doctor was like, why are you, what, you know, they, they talked about it and it, it went to the psychology behind why French people are naturally on the thinner side, usually, unless, you know, unless they're on the way opposite side and, you know, huge. And the whole thing that the culture there, because if you think about French food, it's pretty quote fattening. It's really calorie dense. It's really rich, lots of broths and soups and chocolate and croissants and all those kind of things. Right. So what it is, it's like, you don't deny yourself. Number one. So you don't have anything to rebel against. You eat when you're hungry, you eat what you want, but you also balance it with these are good foods. These are vegetables, these are whatever. And then there's also, there's something that, I haven't read this in a while, but there's also something that they said, you need to have a snack on your person at all times. You never know when you're gonna get stuck somewhere and that's where you make poor choices. That's when you reach for whatever. And as long as you're prepared, it's called an in-case, I think, an in-case, just a snack. Yeah. And that yeah. has saved me so many times. I'm like, yeah. I should just pull over and eat. I, oh no, I got this. I'm good. You know, yeah. instead of eating yeah. 1500 calories, I just have my little snack bar of 200 and good to go. Right. Because I'm not obsessing over what I'm eating. Right. I still have that freedom to be like, yes, I can take care of me. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. do know how to take care of me. Mm-hmm. So there's no, it, it's an, and it's like, yeah, you can eat a chocolate croissant. You shouldn't do it every day, you know, but it's yeah. like, don't put it all off limits. That's where you right. get into trouble. Right. right, right. And if you're going to enjoy something, and I, I do agree that you should. Yeah. There, there's, there's this concept that I, I like, but it's, I've, I've seen it and felt it twisted in kind of a messed up way, which is too bad. Mm. Um, but there's been so many, you know, like, oh, how to whatever. And it's like, oh, well, if you're going to indulge, then you should just have like half of what you would normally have. No, freaking eat it. Well, Enjoy it. <laughs> well, yes, but, or yes, and how about that? Um, just actually taking the time to kind of feel what you actually need, yes. you know? Because there, there's days when it's like, no, I actually need this thing that I'm not supposed to eat, you know? Right. And right. if I wait until I'm starving, oh, I'm going to eat the whole thing and then some. Right. But if I kind of go, okay, so say I want a dessert. And I've already told you guys I don't, I really don't do sugars, okay? So desserts are big exceptions. Okay. I'm probably going to go to somewhere that makes the dessert fresh in-house. And I'm going to have a coffee to go with it. Mm-hmm. going to be a decaf because I'm that kind of person, but that's okay. You know? But, <laughs> So now I have my dessert and I have my coffee mm-hmm. and now I'm going to sit down at the table to eat it. Well, you bet. Yes. But I am not like, okay, this is a whole special deal. Now I'm not going to just like power my way through that thing. Like I would, if I'm on a 30 minute lunch break. No, no, no. <clears throat> now it becomes like, okay, well I'm here. I'm going to enjoy this. Yes. And more often than not, I don't want the whole thing. Exactly. That's the other and thing I- this book's talking about. Same thing. Be present. That is empowering versus if you tell me, oh, you can only like, just, just take half. Right. You're going to find as you enjoy it, do you really want to eat all that or no? And it's okay to be like, it's very empowering to say, no, actually I'm done. I don't don't want the rest of this. I fulfilled my need. Yeah. And then when I come back to it with that mindset versus if I say, well, I'm just going to have, I'm only allowed to have, if I go at it with that mindset, 
the next time around I go for a smaller piece, you know, or yeah. I, go, I, I don't go for as much as I used to go for, you know? Um, and I don't want to not yeah. because like, Oh, I shouldn't. I don't yeah. want to. I, I know I don't need it. I know yeah. I'm okay on this much and I'm happy on this much. And usually if I'm like, no, I'm going to eat the whole thing. Then all that I end up feeling sick. So yeah. <laughs> I don't like that. So. There's, the lady who wrote all of these, and if you can see them, Janine Ross is the, the lady who wrote all of these books, Feeding the Hungry Heart, When Women, Food, and God, When Food is Love, Appetites. Of course, that's not the book I read. The book I read, I can't find, and I don't remember the title. So it's not helpful. That's the one that really helped me. I think it was white. Anyway, um, it's gone. So it was very helpful. I think I gave it to someone else, which is why I don't have it. But I do remember she had a couple things that... Um, I just devoured her stuff. And it's mostly for binge eating, I think, not necessarily um, purging or anorexia or any of that. But if you're, you know, binging is kind of a thing. And I remember when I, I remember coming home from Destin, I think, and I had gone to Godiva. I came back. I said I was going to eat one piece. I ended up eating the entire box, mm-hmm. half a jar of peanut butter, all mm-hmm. the stuff in that. I mean, I had like a bowl of cereal, then I had a bowl of pasta, and then I had a, and then, and then, and then. And I remember feeling like I'm eating all these. I don't want these. I felt so out of control. And I remember standing in front of the refrigerator, just shoving things in my mouth, desperate to feel satisfied and full and in control or something, something. Mm -hmm. And something in her book, something she said was when you go, when you sit, no, when you eat out of the refrigerator, pull Mm -hmm. up a chair, make it an event, acknowledge you're doing this and kind of like be a cat. You ever notice it doesn't matter how little of a bite a cat is going to eat. They don't eat it standing up. They sit down. Mm-hmm. I notice this all the time with mine. I'm like, they have one treat. The treat is like this tiny thing. And they sit down and they, they eat the treat. Like, like the, you know, they sit. There's something yeah. that happens to us when we stand to eat mm-hmm. versus like you said, when you sit down to enjoy it, you are present, you are aware. And this lady actually said, eat what you want. And I mean it, whatever it is, when you get that urge to binge, pay attention. What is it that you want? Do you want sugar? Do you want cookie dough? You know, if you want an entire sleeve of cookie dough, eat the entire sleeve of cookie dough. It's like, it had to do with giving yourself permission because you're not going to continue that for the rest of your life. Once you are present in that moment and understand and doing it more on purpose, it gives you that power back. Mm-hmm. And that, that's now I remember that's exactly what I did. I was like, I'm going to eat this whole thing. If I want to, I'm going to. And so now, cause I still have this every day. I have something where I say in the back of my mind, I can do that. It's like, I'm constantly affirming. I can give myself permission to do things, which is crazy that this has been 10 years or whatever, but that it's, it makes a huge difference. It's like yeah. reclaiming your own power. You know, you're going to get yeah. sick of it at some point. And it's also, yeah putting awareness on what, why do I want this? Is it because I want energy? No, actually I want this now. Do I want sugar? Because it, you know, and then it's, it's also, you know, there's the the neurotransmitters of serotonin and all that stuff, but it's really, really important to give yourself that permission. Yeah. Yeah. And, but not, 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 sorry. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we've, we've talked about that before too. It was like self-permission is, is so much of the game for health in so many aspects. Um, And I I appreciate that you're talking about too, how um, you're still doing that. 
and Every time I'm not sure. Is up, it, I'm like, am I still thinking about this? Yeah. You know, it, it, and I'm not sure if that is um, for you, if that's because um, the control is helpful, re-giving yourself control, sorry, is helpful um, just in day-to-day life or if it's because you're, you are aware that you are prone and that helps keep it in check. So I have yeah, a couple I things I know I'm prone to. And that's again, like when I knew I was gonna do that cut for my wedding and I was like, okay, I am prone to obsession. I'm yeah. prone to weight obsession specifically. Mm. Um, weight and career, those, those are two of the biggest things. Um, and so I went, okay, well, um, because I know I'm prone, here are these controls, you know? So mm-hmm. I have control over this. So there we you don't go. go back down that path. Right. Um, and that's, that's helped me a couple of times with a couple of other things I deal with too, that we won't get into today. Um, but yeah, just that constant, like, it doesn't go away. Like no. if, if you're prone to it and we're, we're very obsessive people, right. And in music, if you're prone to it, it doesn't just go away. And it's okay to keep doing those practices. Yeah. <laughs> like if they were positive for you, why get rid of them? Yeah. Like I said, I mean, I was driving home the other day and I had that thought of, I could stop here and do that, or I could mm-hmm. do that. And then I'm like, mm-hmm. why am I giving myself, pre- yeah, I could, but I'm what I, and right. now that I'm saying it out loud, I, I realize yeah. I still do this every single day. And it, mm-hmm. some of it has to do with how I was raised on certain things. Some of it has to do yeah. with, you know, what I've just talked about, but it's, mm-hmm. it's not just giving myself permission. It's making it aware to myself that I'm giving myself permission. I'm making right. that choice really obvious to myself, but then I'm yep. also giving myself the freedom to choose not to. And that's where I got out of binge eating. Now I remember it was, yeah. I, it was giving myself the permission not to, because yes, I can do that. Mm-hmm. I can also not, which sounds weird, but until you're in that place and then you you say it, like yeah. I said, you know, I, I could eat that. I could eat that. What do I really want? Okay. Yes. Yeah. You know, I'm going to choose not to. Yeah. Cause I yeah. can choose not to, I can, I can do this. I cannot do this. I'm choosing. Right. It's right. so empowering. And that's where I, I was coming from that place where I had, I, I was really trapped and I felt powerless. I felt helpless. I was so frustrated. Mm-hmm. It's like, I know I have a life waiting for me. And I, I don't know how to get out of this. I mean, I didn't want a divorce. I just wanted him to right. get off his butt and move to somewhere else. <laughs> That's all it was. Right. You know? But then there was right. way more to it than that, obviously. But, yeah. you know, when, when you finally start giving yourself permission to do, you can take care of yourself. You can choose. You have that autonomy to take care of yourself and make good choices. And whatever you're doing, whatever you choose to do, whether it's stuffing your face, whether you, I mean, even though you don't want to take ownership, there's yes. something really liberating in taking ownership of that moment. Right. Even though you feel out of control, suddenly you're like, yeah, I'm going to put this in my, oh, mm-hmm. sometimes just thinking that I am going to physically reach for this. I'm going to eat this. Yeah. After I started saying that to myself, sometimes that would halt a binge right there. Yeah. <laughs> Get a little well, teary eyed. Remember it. It was yeah. just like, it was so yeah so so hard to deal with because I didn't want to be there and I didn't know why it was happening and then I did know why it was happening it didn't help but that right that that yeah. did yeah taking power back and 
having that space, um, I mean, that's, it's sort of forced self-reflection, you know, cause okay, well, I'm aware that I'm doing, okay. So then what am I after? I mean, yeah. if you were to ask, make me stop and ask, well, what do you actually want to eat versus what's available? What yes. do I actually want? Oh, oh. And you know what? Um, for a couple of people I talked to half the time, the answer is actually water. <laughs> you know um and legitimately because they're dehydrated people versus just that saw me you know I, I drink like i drink water like a fish um but the um the uh oh my god half the time for me sorry my brain stopped um <laughs> she's on cold medicine y'all she's on cold medicine yeah, yeah sorry getting getting to the tail end of this but um half the time for me it's I want movement. I'm going after, and usually if I've got um, food cravings, like, oh, I got to eat, I got to eat, I got to eat. And like, like, it's that obsessive kind of eating and not like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to eat what I brought with me. No, yeah. if I start having that urge to go and eat something bad, which is usually carbs. And I take that second, like, okay, well, what is it exactly that you want? Like the other day. I really want to eat like a whole pizza. Okay. Do you really want a whole pizza? Because like, especially when I'm sick, I'm like, if you want some, we're, we're, we'll get it. You can eat the whole thing. It's okay. What is it you actually want? No, I want to move. <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not intended to be a sedentary person and I work a sedentary day job. That's not a good combination. So, you know, but no, really you. Because I find the same you know, okay, well, I'm going for a walk. Um, you guys can deal without me for five minutes. I'm going to do like two laps. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, I find the same thing, like whenever I'm craving sugar and lately I've been allowing myself to have those treats that were off limits and then like reacquaint myself with, yeah, I, you, know, you know, I had my Reese's cool. I don't want it, no, but I'm usually finding that when I'm craving sugar like that, it's really because I either didn't get enough sleep or I just want energy. That's really what yeah. I want. Yep. So if yep. I can find either the best option is if I can take a nap real quick, which hardly ever happens like today it did, but, um, you know, or it's, it's like caffeine or whatnot. It doesn't, you know, but sometimes just knowing that it's all I really want is energy. It's not the sugar that helps, helps me make a better yeah. choice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause I then you go control well, again over myself. Right. right. And then you can go, well, what, what is it that's actually going to give me energy? Cause I know for me, I'll get, uh, yeah, sorry. Um, I know for me, I'll get like, okay, well, I'm going to just go ahead and have this, you know, piece of sugar or whatever it is, um, or this coffee and I'll get that immediate jolt. And then I am toast for the rest of the day. I feel so bad. I can't. So like, yeah, are you craving sweets? Is it, and it, is it not because of movement? Are you actually craving food, but you're craving mm -hmm. sweets? Yeah, but I actually want energy. Okay. Well, what's actually going to give you energy personally, me, Jen, what gives me energy is, um, cheese. <laughs> I love cheese. Dude. Cheese my <laughs> oh, the Whole Foods cheese counter. I can, I have dropped way too much money there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, a charcuterie plate is my, oh, I, once a month uh -huh. at least. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Including this week. <laughs> it's so good. And there's so many types. Of, I know. But you know, that was off limits for a while too. So. Right, right. It's not. I'm a grown adult. I can eat what I want. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you choose to enjoy that. 
That's What's right, that? you know? And if it's too much, I'll put it back. Or you throw know? it out or whatever, you know? Yeah. 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 And there should not be any guilt or shame in that. No, there's totally not. I don't I don't have any guilt eating anything in my house anymore. Yeah, but there's there's also the guilt about not eating it or putting it back. Oh, I had a client who could not do that. And the reason she was gaining weight, um, and this is not a disordered thing, but she just, it's how she was, how she was raised that you did not waste food, but she, she had such a lifestyle that she couldn't take it with her. And it just like inside, she physically couldn't. I'm like, well, box it up and forget it on the table, leave it in the bathroom. Whatever, you know, we tried all kinds of things. So she didn't have to actually eat it. Yeah. It's frustrating. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Um, and we were talking more about here, like binging that, you know, we're not <laughs> really talking about, um, and you were talking about, you know, restriction. We haven't gotten into anorexia or any right. of those other things. Um, yeah. I'm not qualified to talk about it. I didn't go through it, but mm-hmm. I will say that with the people I know who are going through it, it's rooted in something else. It's rooted in something yeah. similar. There is some aspect of why you're why you're going through this um please talk about it with somebody you trust because if you can't talk about it you'll never get over it and i promise you there's nothing wrong with you if you're going through this um like the people i know who have suffered with anorexia it's more like a lot of times it has to do with body dysmorphia kind of thing you're just Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You think you look better if you're, if you're, if you're thinner, if you're thinner, if you're thinner, if you're thinner, and pretty soon, if you're too thin, you're gone. But right. the, but you have to get to the roots of that, just like kind of how I did. And then, and then taking control and power back for yourself, you know, screw yeah. what everybody else thinks of you. And that might right. be part of the reason why it could have to do with anxiety. Right. What, where's your anxiety coming from? Mm-hmm. Get to the root of the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like Angela said, you're, you're not alone if you're listening to this and, and you, you are not, not alone. There's a reason that we're doing this podcast. There's a reason that I opened with the college of music bathrooms yes. are papered trying to recruit people to go in on these studies specifically on eating disorders. To me, that says that they're like, you find fish <laughs> at a particular pond, you're going to come back to the pond, right? Yeah. To me, yeah. that's what they're finding people because it's always updated every single semester or year, depending on how frequently it's always up to date. I've never seen it outdated. And I've been um, up and down the uh, FSU, Florida State College of Music halls since 2014. Yeah. It's 2021 right now. And I don't yeah. think there's been a single semester I haven't found one in the bathroom. That's it's wild. That's wild. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, please, please talk about it. You're not alone in this and you don't have to hide it. Mm-mm. You don't, you, you don't. And there's, there is real power and freedom, you know, mm-hmm. which is why we're talking about this, right? right. To, like right. also let you guys know who are listening to this, you're not alone in this. There is such power and such freedom in just having the yeah. courage to kind of spill it out. You're going to feel better and right. it's going to be, it might be scary but there's there's hope on the other side of it and just talking just like we talk about performance injuries and all those other things there is such power in like Mm -hmm. reclaiming that power for yourself by talking about it you know yeah so please don't suffer alone you are not the only one and you are not any less loved if you put on weight or if you lose weight 
Right. Your worth as a person is not determined by what no. someone else thinks you should weigh or what right. someone else thinks you should look like. Screw it. Right. Right. I don't know if that's helpful, or, but you know. What, or what you think you should weigh or look like compared to where you currently are. Yes. Your worth I, as a person is not dependent on that. Yeah. It, it, it's really not. And I don't care what you see in like the fitness magazines or, you know, with, I, I know, I know we go to media all the time, but that's, that's what has become normalized, right? Yeah. With the whole like, oh, well, Ben Affleck looked like this for Batman and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Did you see him afterwards? No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. He ballooned up because it's not maintainable. He ballooned up. Mm. it is not sustainable and they know that and if you watch off-season bodybuilders most of them balloon up off-season they call it bulking but you know they're wearing sweats and like raggedy old shirts and they won't wear anything form-fitting and they're doing because it they're embarrassed you know they're embarrassed and and we're so trained to think of like oh well these fit people these fit people these fit people they have off-seasons too Mm -hmm. uh, you can't put your worth in your stage weight no and you, you are worthy because you are a person period right your weight does not determine that doesn't matter which end of the spectrum you're on doesn't matter what you're dealing with right now and just like you said just talking about it often will get you at least part if not out of it or part way out of it it'll put you on the path yeah and you know Another part of the anorexia thing, it can also be like, that's how you're trying to take control over something in your life. So my man, mine could have, my eating disorder could have manifested that way, but throwing up is just not something I could do. In ingesting, I could shove crap in my face all day long. That's, I love to eat. So that was really kind of easy to do. So that's the way it manifested for me. But if you're, if you find that you're really trying to find some modicum of control in your life and you're noticing those behaviors, you feel like you can't control those behaviors, or that is the way that you're taking control, that's mm -hmm. a really great self, like stepped in self-awareness to helping you get out of it. So pat yourself on the back for knowing that too. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's a good one. <laughs> oh, there's a whole lot. It sounds like, you know, people are home at your house and so we should probably wrap up. <laughs> yep. Yep. Right. Yep. <laughs> and I know your husband has a cold too. So it's just, it's just, a, it's just a family thing. So um, I will put these in the show notes and uh, thank you guys for joining us today. Please yeah, let us know if there's anything mm -hmm. on this that, that, you know, drop some comments, share this right. with somebody, hit the subscribe button, leave a review. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Our goal is to help people. And if you have experience with something that we haven't talked about or even what we have talked about, but it's been a different experience, please drop it in the comments. Mm -hmm. um, do. I, I don't, we're, neither of us are claiming to be experts in eating disorder. We're just talking about our experiences and what we've seen. So yeah. the more you share it, the more we can actually refine what we're talking about. <laughs> yes. And quite frankly, the more people are going to have help because you're sharing your stuff too. Yes. Please share any resources that have helped you or helped other people. Cause I don't know that many resources. I just know these books and the most helpful one being the one I don't have anymore. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I really wish I still had it. I have no idea where it is. Or I'm sure you'll find you know? Like, <laughs> I know, right? Maybe it's an article online at this point. I don't remember. You know. So, <laughs> yes, thank you guys for joining us. This has been really, really, um, it's been a really good talk. I'm glad we, I'm glad we yeah. delved into this. I think it's important. I think so. On a lot of levels. <laughs> I think so. Thanks, y'all.